Blog Talk Radio. You snotty little bastard. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will wait for an answer. If Lieutenant Kendrick gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, then why did he have to be transferred? Colonel, Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! And when you went bad, you cut cursed. these guys loose! Your Honor, you Don't have more inside you a bony transfer. Your Honor, you doctored the logbook. Damn it, Captain! You coerced the doctor. Consider Not yourself in contempt. Colonel Jackson! Did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Let me see your life. Yo, man. Seem to be a problem, man. Yeah, you might be the problem. Chuck D. Ain't you got no last name? Boy. <laughs> Boy, though, man. Yo, man. Hey, where y'all going anyway? Yo, we going to the beach, G. To the beach, huh? To the beach, man. Y'all know what happened down there about this time last year, don't you? You know, we do whatever we do to survive. Bro. Drop it. Not used to this protesting. 
younger brother Got another and sincere He's a man, how to be a father To never tell a woman he can't bother You can't say you don't know what I'm talking about But one day we were just down there dancing, and then all of a sudden we see all these cops coming. I think the police did a good job in making sure everything was controlled and the violence was kept to a minimum. There you have the police version. It's good. not a flawed, we are a flawed people. <laughs> so 
So the guests tonight have a lot of things in common. That is one of them. We do have flaws. We also know the Father, and we also know His Spirit, and we've been blessed by His Spirit. We've been helped by His Spirit. I mean, truly, truly helped in many ways. We've been delivered by His Spirit. Every single guest we're going to have on tonight, I will say one thing about them. They are students of the Scriptures. And they're students of life. They're productive. I don't invite people that's unproductive. I try to invite people that have a life that's about something and that have convictions. And just so happen also, all of my guests tonight um, that'll be on the show, that is, do believe, without a shadow of doubt, that African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. So, they believe, we believe, we are Israelites. So what's going on in our world? What's going on in our people? What is going on, family? What is going on with our people? So these things we're going to be hopefully hearing from the Father tonight to answer that question. Not not just what bad is going on with our people, but we want some solutions. Tonight is about solutions. Tonight is about solutions, family. And when I say family, from here on out, I'm not just talking about my blood family that we're going to be meeting, who we'll be meeting with next week. I'm not talking about the Douglas Kennedy family, which is my family I'm proud of. I'm talking about tonight when I say family, I'm talking about humankind. I'm not even talking about so-called black people per se. Although a lot of the pain we talk about will be addressed to our people when I say family, I'm not excluding anybody, to tell you the truth tonight. But we will focus on one part of our family, that we are so-called African-Americans. We're going to focus on those people because they are disproportionately in every single aspect, every tiny aspect where human beings are. These people, family, is disproportionately suffering. And we want to know why? And how do we get Athen up under the suffering? How do we bring solutions? How do we free a people? Not just from persecution and suffering, but how do we even bring them to a closer walk with the Father? Not saying other people are better, uh, have a better walk with the Father, anything like that, but we just want to know why are we suffering at the hands of the police officers? Why are we going through the things we're going through in our jobs? Disproportionately, I know everybody's going through something. People are getting laid off left and right. I know that. But, folks, what African-Americans are going through is horrible. And uh, I talked about last week something called the Expo 30. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but I'm going to name briefly within the next, I guess, let's give it about 30 seconds, 20, 45 seconds, and I'm going to name some areas, the, the areas where I see our people disproportionately going through oppression. Here are the areas, family. History. How we're taught history. The white supremacy and racism that we suffer with regards to just being told about our own history. The lies, the lies, the lies, the deception. <laughs> Education. How we are disproportionately educated. Uh, disproportionately graduating. And it ain't just all our fault, so to speak. 
There's a lot of obstacles through it in our way. Of course, you can always get up. I understand that. But, folks, what do you do when you go to school and you get your degree and you're still uneducated? What do you go? To, what do you do when you go to school and you get your PhD and you find out you know nothing of Africa, nothing of our true world? You don't even know who you are. We suffer in the area of religion, social and civil oppression. When I say oppression, I mean mistreated in these areas disproportionately. Identity and self-esteem. This area we suffer in. Health and medicine. Imagery. Imagery. If you could not hear a word, family, you was a deaf mute and you couldn't hear a word. The things you see with just your eyes and advertising when you go into stores, let's just use that for instance, and you look at just the magazine, just the advertisements. Did you know that the advertisements all by themselves tells a story? And it's oppressive. Talks as though we really don't exist, really. I mean, you'll see blacks here and there. Yes, you do. You see the little black magazines. But just stand back and look at all of the publications, all of the magazines, all of the advertising, all of the smiles, just in imagery. What are we progressing in? What is there never, when is there never a black face? I know some of you probably never heard that before, but just if you could not hear anything, just the images all by themselves. We all we're only on like beauty black magazines. We only we are only on sports magazines. We're not in a lot of the the many 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 areas of life where people are really living good quality lives. We're not there. We'll talk about that perhaps. Family dynamics. Lots of pain in our family dynamics where it relates to racism, white supremacy. And uh, we're not just talking about racism tonight, folks. We're just talking about the state of our people, solutions, and also it's an open forum. We're not going to be stuck here either. We can talk about some other things that's on your mind. Again, let me repeat that. I'm going through the various areas of our life where we disproportionately suffer. But that is not the topic of our show tonight. This is an open forum. This is just one of the things we're going to... We're going to go down this road a little bit, but we are open form tonight, which means we'll talk about whatever's on your mind. But this is something that's been on my mind. That's why I'm going on this little list here. The area of nutrition and food, African-Americans disproportionately suffer uh, more so than our white brothers and sisters counterpart. Also, in the areas of laws, bylaws, unspoken laws, customs, these are things set up to be a stumbling block. Oftentimes, the laws that are made and put in place is a hindrance to African-American progress. I'm talking about just laws, bylaws, rules, how rules are made up just for us. (laughs) Law enforcement. I only have to spend a second on that one. Uh, Here's another area, judicial. Well, when we do get in trouble, how are we judged? Okay, correction and rehab, that whole process, correction, discipline, and rehab, you know, when we do get in trouble, we have to go to jail or prison. Are we disciplined in any kind of way? How are we disciplined compared to other people? In the area of entertainment, when we don't want to have nothing to do with racism, we don't want to hear none of this crap, we just want to enjoy a nice uh, entertainment uh, where it relates to just, I mean, sports, or we just want to watch cable, or we just want to even go out and have a good time doing something athletic, ath- athletically. 
anytime we embark on entertainment, there is disproportionately pain for our people in every tiny aspect where it relates to entertainment. Here's another area, and I'll move briefly. Sexual, sexuality, the myths, the behavior, stereotypes. This is an area where we are demonized, often animalized, uh, blamed for excessive behavior, just a lot of oppression in that area. Here's another area. Public awareness, government and private sector public awareness, and this has to do with news and uh, let's say something like the census, just any kind of information we need to be a wholesome people, to be privy, knowledge we need to make us whole, knowledge we need to have a, a good understanding of where we're at in life or what we need to do, just simply public awareness, things the public need. Oftentimes our white brothers and sisters are made privy of things we just don't have a clue on. Here's another area, the areas of military military and defense, so much oppression in that area. Again, tonight, we're not just talking about racism and, and this, what I call the uh, these 30 areas of oppression. We're not just talking about this, but this is something that's on my heart. And family, I want us to go down this road a little bit tonight, so I'm just naming these 30 areas. I have to repeat myself because we get new people in the room all the time. And I just want them to know uh, what's going on here. Tonight is open forum. Tonight is open forum. It is for mature audience only. And we are going to be dealing tonight about what's going on in our world. Lots of good things going on. And right now I'm just going to finish up these little 30 areas where we suffer disproportionately more than any other people. Here's a good area. Foreign policy. Our people all over the world with dark-skinned people with dark skin is suffering far more than our white counterparts in Europe, European countries, et cetera, and even other nations. Um, why is that dark-skinned people going through? Um, that foreign behavior is probably – history is the biggest uh, area of all these areas of naming where we experience the most – oppression because it's so much history. History is bigger than any one of areas because history is everything that just happened within the last two seconds. So it's actually normally you would think it's bigger the area of history, how it's told to us, how it's reported, you know, our history of what exactly happened on our planet and, and how things have been twisted and turned upside down to control us. Another area we suffer, again, is foreign policy, like I was just saying. Here's another one, foreign behavior. Policy is one thing, but what about what we actually do is even worse than the behavior. Science and technology, housing, a combination and zoning, transportation, environmental issues, what our neighborhoods go through, environmentally speaking, disproportionately more than any other, other people. Here's another area, agriculture. Uh, believe me, there's a lot of pressure where it relates to agriculture. A lot of our people on land and what they have to say about the land. And I'm talking about from a, from a, from from your yard to farming. It's a lot of oppression. That's an area that a lot of people don't I do much research on, but I've done an extensive amount of research on on agriculture. And there's a lot of and and, and I'll tell you somebody just real quick before I jump off agriculture. Yes, we suffer in the area of agriculture, family, disproportionately more than any other people. Uh, uh, one of the areas have to do with us acquiring agri uh, agriculture, us acquiring land, how things have been taught, stolen. I have a friend of mine going through a, a case right now where uh, the land was stolen from them and all companies have been drilling on that land forever and, and they're in court right now over it. And so that, that 
just a little straw, you know, on the camel. Uh, just, just, a, just, just a little tiny, uh, the fraction of what our people, how much has been stolen land-wise, and those that do have the land, how they have to treat it. The farmers, uh, which is thousands of black farmers, have been have to have have had their resources taken or or been uh, hindered and. It's just a long, long uh, line of oppression within the area of agriculture. Beauty and fashion, uh, beauty and fashion, again, I'm naming areas where we suffer disproportionately, more so than our African brothers and sisters, our our white brothers and sisters, uh, areas where we suffer disproportionately, more so than our white brothers and sisters and other ethnic groups. Economically, economics, economics is the biggest thing I have here besides history. Uh, and foreign policy, economics have to do with uh, assessment, buildings, debt, uh, how we're charged, uh, how we bill, uh, what we have to pay. Um, I mean, our, the cost of this, that, and the other for African Americans. Uh, economics also have to do with labor, uh, be it hiring, uh, work conditions of the pay, opportunities in within work conditions. Um, Economics also have to deal with financial access, access to money, grants, uh, debt relief, subsidies, uh, uh, just monies, anything, any way we can get a hold of money for whatever reason, be it loan or just to make it a, make money is, uh, it's, itself, just income, how we suffer disproportionately in that area. Last but not least is economics, where it relates to wisdom and strategies and knowledge about economics. This is where we really, really, really can see a big difference of how white brothers and sisters as children is raised and made privy to a lot of uh, financial instruments and different ways to do money and how to look at money and just things that we don't learn until we're in our 50s and sometimes 60s. So tonight, that's one of the things I like to talk about. Again, racism in any one of those areas of life. I actually went over 30 areas. I call that Expo 30, but we don't have to talk about that tonight. We can talk about whatever is on your mind. Tonight is Open Forum, family. Tonight is Open Forum. I've invited some guests. If you're in the house and I've invited you, go ahead and press one of your phones. It's okay to do so at this time. But uh, just kind of got to go over a few more things, and then I'm going to go to my guest, whoever's here. Uh, folks, this is so open forum to uh, none of the guests I've told them uh, what to talk about. Uh, again, it's open forum. I'll just ask them to share whatever's on their heart. These are people, like I said earlier, that fear the most high, that is trying to live a good life. They are also people that make that make mistakes and that they're not perfect. Um but they are, 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 I believe, on the right road, and I um, am so impressed by them. I invited them. There's a lot of people that I've had on this show over the years I could have invited, so I think they should feel special like I do as much to be on the show as I do to have them on the show. So tonight, really briefly, I'm going to go ahead and read the show description. I've been doing that lately. And again, if you're uh, family, if you're bloodline, uh, you're related to me and you're part of that Douglas Kennedy family line tonight, it's not a family show. We're going to do, we're doing a public show, uh, and you're invited, however, and I hopefully you will participate and will be blessed by what you hear tonight, family, because we're going to be talking about families tonight, so among other things. So tonight 
is open form, and I'm going to go ahead and read what I typed earlier. Earlier I typed, because the reason why I'm reading this show description, because some of you are saying, why are you reading that? I can feel it. I can feel you. I can feel you asking that question. It's because some people call the number, and they don't even know what the show is about. They just call the number every Tuesday. And so I read the show description where they have an idea of what's happening tonight. I've kind of already talked about it a little bit, but I'll go ahead and read it formally. Earlier, I typed, open forum on five smooth stones. The public and family is invited to a open forum tonight at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, sponsored by Five Smooth Stones on Blog Talk Radio. My wife, Arlene, and I will welcome other guests as we discuss various topics on high importance. Uh, excuse me, as we discuss various topics of high importance in our city, in our country, and world. And then I went on to say, see you there. It's kind of short, but that's what I typed earlier, and that's really all we got going on tonight. But don't play that short because these shows is more meaty than the shows where we pick one or two topics. So tonight I've invited some people, like I said earlier, um, and uh, I'm not going to even mention their names until they're actually in the house. How about that? But I want to say this really briefly, really briefly. Five Smooth Stones is going to start doing these shows every other week. So family, I'm talking about the universal family tonight. I'm not just talking about my blood relatives. I'm talking about whites, blacks, Hispanics, everybody. I'm letting you all know that Five Smooth Stones is going to be doing these shows every other week. Next week we'll do a family show. And then the following week we'll go back to a public show like tonight. And then the next week, family show. So please know that we are back. And I uh, needed a break, to tell you the truth, from the family show because it, it requires so much to do. And uh, those shows take like five times the amount of energy to do versus these shows where I can call up friends on a whim and we all come on and, 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 and discuss um, before the show what we're going to talk about and kind of work things. It's so much easier. Uh, our family's huge. I have a very big bloodline family, and it, it takes it's, it's, it's some work. I enjoy it. It's the most rewarding out of the two shows, out of the two events. But uh, we did need a break, darling, and I. So next week we'll be back on target with the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. Okay, so y'all please make note of that on your on your uh, calendars. So. What I like to do right now is, again, if you haven't been invited to speak on the show, I think uh, I already have one guest in the house here. I see Brother John from uh, Kentucky, who's in the area now, but he's originally from Kentucky. Brother John is in the house, and uh, I'll wait on a few more people. But let me just get a few more things out of the way, and then I'll go to Brother John and uh, possibly my wife. She had... uh, some things she needed to do before she came on the show, so hopefully she'll be joining us in a little bit. But let me just say this really briefly, uh, family. Tonight, uh, it, it, this is to the family, to the, my bloodline family. Normally we have shows where we watch our, my, our, our words, and, and I haven't been having much profanity on the show. We try not to have it. 
But uh, this show tonight, family, please understand, this is not for you, for kids. I know a lot of children listen to the show, the family show. This is not going to be one of those times you want this is a mature audience only. I know I said that earlier, but some of you are just coming in and you missed that. This is for a mature audience only. You may hear a few words that you don't want your kids to hear, so I'm letting you know that right now, okay? I'm used to talking to adults, and adults don't always talk the same, and so I don't put those restrictions on my callers. I open the phone lines and I allow people to be themselves, and they may talk about something you might not necessarily want to hear, not to mention I may, I may play some songs that I feel uh, is needing to be played and may not be a gospel. So I just want some of y'all to know because some of y'all are very, very strict about that kind of a thing, and I just want you to know that ahead of time. So this is the mature audience only tonight. Okay? All right. How about that? So let's go ahead and go to the phone lines now, and I want to bring on my friend all the way from Kentucky, uh, and uh, let's get him on. Uh, before we bring Brother John on, let's get a little music here. Y'all know me. I always got to have that background music. Um, boy, there's so much going on. Y'all need to see my, my list of topics to talk about. I have about, I have so many topics. I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to kind of let Brother John just share whatever's on his heart, and I may throw him some questions. Brother John, I just might throw you some questions. Because I don't know where to start. There's so many topics. I mean, we can talk about relationships with God, what black folks are going through, talk about those 30 areas I just named, talk about loving our brothers a little bit more. It's just so lack of um, uh, amount of love. And talk about police brutality, talk about Obama, talk about uh, Hillary, uh, Trump, just so much. So, so many directs. Talk about the church. <laughs> so many areas I can go in. It's just so many. So let's do this. Y'all like this song. Y'all probably don't remember this one. But this is an old one. I feel the public enemy a lot tonight. So. So anyway, family. There's a lot, like I said, going on. A lot going on with our family. What's happening with black people, y'all? And really and truly. What is happening with our people? Um, is is the family broken down? Is is this just? I mean, I don't know where you live. I don't know how your family is. I don't know what kind of problems your house have. And uh, I live in a city pretty quiet, but I ain't stupid. I keep my ear to the ground, and I know there's a lot going on in our world, a lot going on in our city, our country. But uh. Folks, I can't talk about the world. I got to talk about the U.S. You can't go past the U.S. I mean, what is going on with all of this? Uh, are people not valuing life and just taking life at the other whim? We're killing each other. We got white people. I don't know if Trump, uh, Trump has nothing to do with this. This has started way before him. But they're not valuing our lives. You hear Public Enemy in the song I brought on at the beginning of the show that was put out in 1995, and it was talking about police brutality then. Here it is, 2016. Same problem, same tension. Still as tense as it was then. I left the city of Cincinnati because they had so much trouble with this one area, police brutality. They had 21 unarmed black men shot when I left Cincinnati in 1991. Okay, it's 2016. 
and they have still it has not stopped. Cincinnati is is the capital for police misconduct. I don't care what New York, L.A., Dallas, anybody else say. Nothing, nowhere can touch the Cincinnati, Ohio area. Those police are charts. But more important than Cincinnati, it's a, it's a nation thing. It's a national thing. It's an attitude. I mean, gun sales through roof whites are still buying guns, even as we speak. I thought that stopped for a while, but I'm still hearing a record amount of gun sales being bought at these, uh, be it uh, mainly uh, gun sales, I mean, uh, gun shows. So what's happening with our world family? What's happening when I were a lot of our young people don't want to go to church. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't feel the church. Some of these churches either. I'm not. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not really uh, knocking down the door of the church myself, but I do have a respect for it, and I know it's needed. I just have to find a one that I can agree with and can, can halfway understand half the Bible at least. You know, so much so much cuckoo teaching out there, but I believe in going. I just gotta find the right place. I was going to one place, but that's another whole story. But I'm talking about young people who ain't thinking about it, don't want to have nothing to do with it, and just is just almost offended by you even trying to get in there. What's happening? What's going on with all of our young people? Seemingly everybody now is just smoking weed. I mean, it's it's it's, it's crazy now. It's like anybody 25 and under seems like everybody get high. And again, I live in an area where I don't see a whole whole lot of this, but. When I go into Fort Worth and I go into Dallas, it's like I get a wake-up call. Because this is where millions of our young people live. Weed is almost an epidemic. Let me just go ahead and bring our brother, our brother uh, from um, the one and only Mr. John Clark. John, Eric, code 859-779. You there? I'm here. How you doing, brother? What's good, brother Seth? Oh, man, I'm doing okay. You threw me off with that 779. I'm so used to your number start with 475, but I see you. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't right. know where to start. It's so much, man. Go ahead and say hello to everybody, first of all, John. <laughs> hey, everybody on Five Smooth Stones. It's John Clark. Brother Jay, Joseph Israel. Some call me. I'm pretty flexible. I'm not really stuck on one thing or the other. Um, weed, an epidemic. <laughs> I mean, John, you know, I don't know where to start. I'm serious. Uh, this is supposed to be open for me, and it is. But sometimes open form is so open, you just don't know where to start. But we going to start for sure, family. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> but uh, listen, what's going on? All these young people... I mean, it's like everybody wants to stay high. They don't want to just get high, and 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 and, and they want to stay high, John. I mean, they want to stay high. I mean, it is so. What's up with all these young black males just spending all this time on being a rapper? I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Our, our young people is stuck. Young men, it's like. I'd say it's like almost every young man I ask, I'm going to say 80% of the young black males I ask who are very gifted and smart and talented. Let's go ahead and put that out there because they are some brilliant young men, a lot of these young boys. But 
most of them want to be rappers. So you got over, I guess, what, 700, 800 careers out here, and our young men are stuck on rapping. All of them. Now, my son tells me, well, when you do that, you're crushing dreams, Dad. John, what do you think of that? I'm not that I'm trying to crush a dream, but it's it's got to be satanic in nature or demonic in nature because I told him one day, I said, if God gave every single one of you young men your heart's desire to be a rapper, did you know that the market would be so flooded that none of y'all would blow up? And he just kind of looked at me. Therein lies my point, Brother Seth. Number one, (laughs) you kind of beat me to the punch because at the end of the day, there is an adversary, and the adversary very seldom comes up in conversation. Definitely, you're not going to find this in the mainstream media, and unfortunately, you don't even find it in church, who are the persons who are supposed to be intimately familiar with the quote-unquote adversary. So before I go a step further, let me make my position known. Five smooth smooth stones, all you listening in, now actively, later when you listen to the recording, when I'm in prison for saying the things that I say or whatever the case may be, however it goes down, listen, folks, there is a Satan in our world. And he has a... One moment. Uh, Brother Seth? Go ahead. You have some music playing in the background. I'm not sure if that's you or... Yeah, yeah, I'm always going to do that. Yeah, you're fine. Go right ahead. We can hear you loud and clear. It's just distracting, but let me go ahead and try and... Uh, okay, well, hold on. We don't have to have that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear what you're saying. Okay. Um, at the very foundation, the least common denominator of the issues that take place in the world, and what's funny is that you eloquently spoke on many of them, and you can go into a lot of great depth with them. You know, Brother Seth, I was under your tutelage back when I was in college, and I know exactly the depth that you can go into, you and I both know, and many may not know, but I'm here to tell you now, the adversary, Satan, because that's the crux of that. And folks are welcome to say, oh, these these are the ravings of a madman, or, um, oh, he's a holy roller, or whatever it is you want to call me. The fact is that I'm very well studied. Uh, I I appreciate that which is scholarly. I spend my time making sure that whatever it is that I'm saying, that I have a foundation and I can give you the specifics of where I got that information from. This this is not just me speaking arbitrarily uh, um, of myself. Uh, I wanted to at least lay that out at the outset. When it comes to... (laughs) I really liked the, the the question and the the issue of our young black males and the concern about crushing their dreams when you speak the 
defiantly against pursuing the rap game. The problem yeah. is not that you're crushing their dream. The problem is that they actually crushed their dream indirectly. They didn't know. The fact is that there are so many other dreams which one could follow, but all that our society has ever gave them was basketball, rapping, uh, the hustle game, which doing selling drugs. And folks, any time uh-huh. that I, at six or seven years old, am very comfortable with being around marijuana, or some people... There, I can remember a cousin of mine, he couldn't even express it. He was too young to be able to express it. He would just say, my mom and my daddy be putting needles in their arms. That's how he expressed it. Folks, that's what crushing a dream is. When a person is not given opportunity to see the possibilities, the possibilities, and if for any reason they see the possibilities but they're not afforded, any inclination of the probability of achieving the possibilities, that's how a dream is crushed, on devices. And those devices have been given to you. That's how it works in Western civilization. And so um, that's the reason I can't help but to um, be certain to speak my mind when Brother Seth says, Hey, I'm going to be doing a show, and would you like to come on? Be like, yeah. And Brother Seth knows I will speak plainly, but I respect uh, the show and I respect the people listening in. But the truth must be stated, and I feel unequivocally that that's exactly what I've stated up to this point. Marijuana, to me, I don't smoke marijuana. I, if I told you my first experience with marijuana, everybody on this show would be calling in and laughing. You would see ha-ha-ha's all, <laughs> all out through the chat room and the whole nine. It was, well, it was, well, listen, let, let, let me ask you this along those lines because, again, folks, it's open for We ain't on no certain topics, so don't even try to hold us to that. We're just jumping around. We're going to be a lot of little rabbits today jumping around, hitting this and that. We're just trying to figure out, family, the state of our people, what's going on. We love our people. All the guests I'm going to have on tonight or later, we're going to have on Brother I think brother, I see Brother Bobby's in the house. I'm going to bring him in shortly. But all of these brothers, and hopefully Arlene, I know she has something to do tonight. Hopefully she'll be able to join us. She said she would. We'll see about that. Uh, she has something that was pretty pressing. She may not, but we'll see. But anyway, um, everybody invited to call the show tonight is in love or love our people. And have taken a step further they love themselves. This brother really believe in living right. Let me tell you out there right now. This brother here ain't in the streets. This brother here has, is a single man looking for a quality woman. Uh, has a lot going for him, I believe, especially in the area of spiritual and knowledge and, and just Brother John, I've always respected him. Brother Bobby Patterson going to be coming a little later on. Same thing. These people know some stuff. They're well-learned. Uh, they're more educated than I am. 
I can tell you that right now. But the big thing is they're educating the school of life. See, some of us get those papers and we don't keep going. But some some of these, some of them have papers. I know my wife have a degree. I think I mean, I think John John is graduated. My wife is graduated. I think Brother Bobby. So edu- so on as far as the college level, uh, these people are no strangers. But what I like about these guests we're gonna have on tonight, family. Again, we're gonna be talking about the state of the African American family. I mean. What is going on with our people, y'all? What is going on with our people? Well, you know, just any old body can't talk about this. Really quick, really quick, brother, uh, brother Bob, I'm bringing you on, and brother uh, John, just give me a second to get this out, folks. I got a latest foundation for tonight. I don't just do shows just to do shows. There is a lot going on with our people. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of people doubting their faith. There's a lot of people walk away from the church. There's a lot of people, I mean, walking away like they done with it. There's a lot of people walk away from God. There's people questioning God. There's folks that used to always believe, 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 and now they doubt, they doubt, they doubt. Folks are uh, being Tripped up by Egyptology, walking away, throwing, don't believe in the New Testament. It's our young people is is grabbing hold of doctrines of devils, and and, and I'm not saying Egyptology is necessarily a doctrine. There are some aspects I believe of it is, but they're not lying when they say Egypt was a great place, John. Uh, they're not. They're not lying when they say Africa have great history, and they should tell it, and they better tell it, because nobody else is going to tell it. So I welcome that. But uh, a lot of these people are, are, are going, are not doing a deep enough study, because even in Egypt they acknowledge Israel. But these folks who listen to some brand of Israelites, that's knocking it. Whole, each, uh, whole Israel, the whole Old Testament, I mean, some weird stuff. So... I brought you on tonight, Brother John, and in a little bit, Brother Bobby, and, and whoever else calls tonight, I will name them as I see them come in the house. You're invited tonight to, to bring some solution. We don't want to bash and beat up on our people. We want to put some hope out there. We want to put some smiles in their face. Those that are walking away from the Father, we want to encourage them to reconsider. and to, to, to We want to tell them what the Father has done to us to inspire them to unite with the Father. Again, we're not no perfect bunch of model Christians and all this stuff. I don't, at least I'm not, okay? But I have had some areas of my life challenged, and I have been a victorious family. I'm telling you, I have beat up on some devils, Brother John. I have, I have been victorious in some areas. I've also lost in some areas, so I have a testimony. Brother John, let me do this. I'm going to do something. I'm going to take a chance to bring on Brother Bobby and you at the same time. Do you mind me doing that? No, Seth, you violated the cipher. Just when I was freestyling, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. no. You go ahead. Go ahead, because you know I can do that. I've been on to do that. I get so caught up. But I have to lay that foundation. I want people to know what's, what we're doing here. What are we What are we about? And let me tell you something you probably know, Brother John. I'm watching people come in the room, and some of them, what you were saying at the very big onset. And so I want to lay that foundation. But you go ahead and finish what you were saying. Then we'll bring on Brother Bobby. Well, I think first and, first and foremost, everybody has to understand that me and Brother Seth go way back, and I'm a very jovial type dude, and I will play uh, I, I play on anybody's show or, or what. There's a time and place for everything, and I feel very comfortable to 
be able to say what I want to say. So that's, that's the reason why I was joking, saying Brother Seth broke the cipher because I was freestyling. But you're more than welcome to bring Brother Bobby on <clears throat> at any given moment. Oh, they're going to learn about your, I, your, your, your sense of humor here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and go to the brother then. <laughs> okay, Mr. Bobby Patterson, area code. Three three six nine two six. Are you there? Good evening, brother Seth. Good evening, my brother. Hey, and brother, and how say you hello doing? to John. I don't know you probably have met John. John. John, say hello to brother Bobby. What's hey, good, brother, brother Bobby? John, how you doing? I I I, well. I I I'll receive I'll receive the uh, the cipher uh, uh, temporarily <laughs> here. This was just support. So I will spit indeed. <laughs> well spoken. And uh, these, I just want to say, Brother Bobby, go ahead and say hello to everybody before I get to talking. Go ahead and say, say hello to everybody. Yeah, hello, hello, everyone. Uh, uh, I think this is about my third time uh, on this call, on this show. And uh, <clears throat> I just appreciate the opportunity to to be able to share just 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 a little bit. You know, I, I don't claim to know everything, but uh, you know what you know. And uh, a lot of times, it, it you know it comes from experience and also study. Uh, but most yeah. importantly, it's rooted in love. Yes, yes. Well, listen, like I said, I want you guys to just share whatever's on your heart. Brother John kind of went already. I'm going to let him finish up what he was saying. But Brother Bob, I want you to be thinking of something that's on your heart to share with the people. So much going on, so much going on. Like I was saying, a lot of people, I don't know if y'all are in the same circle I am. Uh, in this area, the so-called Bible Belt, it don't get no more religious than Dallas-Fort Worth. It don't get no more close as a strong number two, but nowhere in the country is there more churches, more religious people. Everybody seems like it's safe in this area. However, these young people is acting a fool. And I can't blame it on the young people. I used to blame it on the young people, but I've realized that it's not them. It's the system. It's the, it's the, it's the churches. It's the, it's, the, it's the society. It's the cell phones. It's who's calling them. It's when they call them. I mean, our kids are messed up sexually. They don't know if they need to go straight or they don't know if, the, if homosexuality is, is right or wrong. The churches don't talk about it. Nobody want to talk about it. certain things in the Bible. Everybody want to talk about get your stuff, get your stuff, go get your stuff, time to get your stuff. It's, your time to get your, I mean, it's, it is time to go get your stuff. It is time for us to, 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 to siege all of the blessings that the Father has for us. I understand that. But what about those people that don't have the character of Christ? They can't go just claiming blessing, blessing, blessing. What about discipline? What about God's judgment? I mean, does have God's judgment stopped? Is there no more judgment? I mean, and if it is, and we're not telling them, oh, my goodness. Well, how bad is that, John and, and Bobby? If judgment is coming to our kids or to us or to our churches or to our nation, and we're hollering, it's time to get your stuff. It's time to be, time to be blessed. It's time to enlarge your encamp. God, get rich and enlarge you. Uh, I mean, if we own all these prosperity scriptures, and we don't ever talk about consequences or, and what happens when you don't, I mean, can, can somebody help me on that. Um. Well, 
let Brother John finish the, the thought that he had uh, before he pa- before he passed the cipher to me. I want to turn the question back to him so he can finish up. Man, spoken like a true gentleman, Brother Bobby. We're going to get along just fine off of the cipher. That is hilarious. Uh, what's funny is that only a few people understand the, how that's colloquially spoken, and Brother Bobby apparently is one. Um, I'll be very short and to the point. Uh, my jovialities aside, I'm very, very specific when I want to identify what it is, or better yet, who it is that we contend with. Um, we always will look at the images and we'll look at the narrative that's presented to us, and many people will buy into that, but I'm here today to tell you that that narrative is a creation of someone. The ultimate creator of that narrative is the adversary, and he utilizes those who have pledged allegiance, so to speak, to him, and scripturally, it's already plain and before us when uh, the Most High, or better yet, the, the Son of the Most High, Jesus, or Yahshua, or Yeshua as you choose to call him, uh, Jesus Christ as written in the Bible, when he was driven out into the wilderness and he was a hungered after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, he was tempted of the devil. The last temptation that the devil tempted him with was, Bow down and worship me, and I will give you all of this, the kingdoms of this world because it is mine to give. Folks, we know that the Messiah did not take that. He told him, Satan, get thee behind me. Folks, we know the method of operation of our adversary, and at the end of the day, there, the same option was put before people, and they took it. So, Whenever you see someone in a position of power, a position of influence, and at the the fact is that a policeman, he does have a position of power, a position of influence. Understand that this is not a blanket statement, and I do not unequivocally do not speak about all policemen. It only takes a few persons to sway an entire people if people buy into that narrative. And so what I'm saying is that there are people who are placed in position by our adversary. They are in journalism. They are in media. They are in sports. They are in Hollywood. They are in politics. And they took that choice to bow down and worship Satan and to receive the goods of this world. The damnation is sure. I'll leave it at that. I'll let Brother Bobby run with that. Brother, okay. Seth, thanks for having me on the show. Okay. Well, Brother Bobby, I want to fine tune what you're saying because, again, we're going to give our family, and we're talking about the human family tonight. My bloodline family is listening. Shout out to Bubba Jack and the private caller. They always call our show in the 760 number. I think that's Lynn. Uh, shout out to you for calling the show again on time. That's bloodline we're talking about. But I'm not just reaching out to just my bloodline family tonight. I'm talking, when I say family, I'm talking about everybody. So, uh, Brother John, to fine-tune briefly in like 30 seconds what you're saying, you're basically saying that the enemy, are you saying that the enemy has placed certain people, bad apples, if you will, as police officers for oppression? Is that what you're saying? Uh, what I'm saying is this. 
anyone who's even remotely interested in finding out if what I say is the case or not, go to YouTube and put in the first family of Satan, who you will find is the daughter of Anton LaVey. Anton LaVey was the founder of the Church of Satan, and you will also find a man who is one of the higher-ups in that uh, Church of Satan. They since got married because this particular interview was back in, goodness, maybe the 70s or 80s. It's a very old interview. But if you look at that interview, again, YouTube, First Family of Satan, do not sell your... John, you kind of break it up a little bit. You kind of you kind of fading in and out. John, I can't hear you. You fading in and out. The reason why I'm so um, specific and convicted about what I'm saying is because this interview was done decades ago, and what they had said then is coming into fruition now. And so, wow. It, you, it, it. I don't even. I forget how. Bob, I think this guy was. The, it was a Christian guy interviewing them. I think his name was Bob Larson or something like that. But that's Bob Larson. Yep. He interviewed them, and what you will find. Listen to what I'm about to say before I close out here. He asked them about the Church of Satan and, and so on and so forth. They said, if you do not have influence, the position to sway people, if you do not have money or something that you can bring to us, we're not interested. Why? Because they want to be able to change things, and you can't change things with a person who is no one, quote, unquote. If you have someone who is someone, let's just say you won an NBA championship and you put up 40 points, people will pay attention to you more than they would me who's just working 40 hours a week. I lie. I'm working about 48 to 49 hours a week laboring. They're not going to listen to me. I'm just a commoner. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, uh, a proletariat, as it were. Well, well, hold on. I want Brother Bobby to kind of piggyback off what you're saying. Don't you go nowhere if you can hold If you can hold out just for a little bit, uh, if you don't I'm mind, hoping. I'm just going I know if you have to go and I'm understand, hoping, but I'm Brother Bobby kind of piggyback off there, and I want you to just hit that a little bit more. Again, family, this is open forum. We're not on no certain thing. We're not on no certain topic. If y'all want to talk about something, ask a question to any, you want to pose a question to me or the guest, press them on the phone line, okay? We are open forum tonight. No certain topic. I just happened to throw some things out there, but that's very interesting. First family of Satan. Brother Bobby, what do you have to say about that? Well, He's not lying. Uh, there has uh, always been, uh, I'll say as far as in, in modern times, and, and even if you go back and you start dealing with, you know, the Rothschilds, you know, h- how all that started. I mean, they, what you see today is is a piece of, uh, of, uh, of their working. You know, this stuff just didn't pop up. You know, out of uh, out of anywhere, <clears throat> there's all types of uh, of philosophies that were put in work, and that was put into play 40 years ago that they knew in 2000 around 2015 through 2016. Okay, now we get society right where we want it at this particular point. So it, it's it's always 
being a representative of the enemy uh, to to perpetuate and and actually cultivate the the curse of the culture, so to speak. And so now, uh, you know, when we have our children at this particular point, we have to be very 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 strategic and very intentional as far as our children is concerned. Not that we didn't have to be uh, strategic and intentional before, but even more so now, because see, ultimately the enemy knows their end. To them, it's all about how many souls they can drag with them at, at, at this particular point. And Amen. so when you start dealing with children, you know, now you really have to be proactive in being involved in every aspect of, of your child's life. Uh, no, we can't be with them 24 hours a day. Eventually, they're going to leave the house. But what we would hope is that we, we would actually teach them in the way that they should go so when they do leave, they are equipped. And even if they decide to walk away, that, that what was planted in them will eventually sprout up and it will bring them back home. That's right. So, that's the that's the challenge that's right now, and it is very hard uh, to be a parent in in this day and time. You know, my wife and I we we have three children. Uh, one uh, he's twenty four. Uh, got a daughter. She she's in college, and uh, the youngest son he's in his senior year of high school. And you know, even when you do everything that you're supposed to do, there are times when the enemy is going to try to rob them of the heritage that was given to them. But that's why it is important that we stay on our point. In other words, even when they leave home, we should never, ever stop praying. And we should always leave a line of communication. Because I remember when I left home, I left home and went into the service. I went into the Navy. And though it was challenges back then, right now to be an 18, 19, 20-year-old out here in this culture today as a young black man or a young black woman, it is extremely challenging to the point where if you don't have a foundation, you love to do Anything just to be able to cope. I, um, <clears throat> I don't know if well. I'm pretty sure uh, everyone had heard about the situation that happened here about three weeks ago when the uh, Charlotte Police Department wound up killing a man. He was um, uh, physically disabled from. I mean, he was still able to drive, but he was a disabled man. They said he had a gun. I've seen a gun, but I'm not thoroughly convinced it was his. Mm. So that, was in town. That, that, was, that happened in your town. That happened in Charlotte, about, about an hour and a half away from me. Okay. Um, and I remember, you know, looking at one night. Matter of fact, that first night when everything just went awry, <clears throat> and I remember watching live feeds of, of these young people couldn't have been no more than about 20, 21 years old. 
and you could see the anger in them. Just pure, unadulterated anger. And they stopped the highway. They actually burned the set of truck on fire, took all the the, the the contents of the truck out, put it out on the highway, set it on fire. The next night, they go to downtown Charlotte, and they start tearing up businesses. Now, for me, I, I had a little struggle with that. Reason being, I understand your anger. I understand all that. But especially when you're a small business owner and you have worked very hard to open that business, just to have somebody turn around and arbitrarily make a decision that because they're angry, they're going to tear up your life work. I had a little problem with that. But then I had to step back and look at it from a broader scope. And I started looking at these children as if they were mine. And I had to ask them, ask them serious questions. And one of those questions we don't want to deal with but it's it's about seventy five to eighty percent of the problem that we see with our young people and especially with our young black men. I looked at those kids, you know, through video and I'm watching what's going on. They tried to march peacefully. And everything was fine, brother Seth. Uh huh. Until until the Charlotte Police Department decided they wanted to Shoot some laughing gas, mm-hmm. some tear gas. Everything was pretty in order. But once they fired the first shot of the tear gas, then they just absolutely just went berserk. And I'm looking at the anger of these young people. And I see that they tear up stuff. And the first question that I had was, I wonder if their father is in their life. Well, well, let me let, let me let me just kind of let me kind of hit on that a little bit. And John, please step in here anytime you want to. I know you're gonna got limited time, but just as long as you're around, please, if you could. But I gotta hit this. I gotta hit there that because I think anger in that situation, brother Bobby, brother John, family. Universal family I'm talking about tonight is intelligent. I think it's godly. I think when God says, if Israel continue to do this, he's going to open up the earth and swallow them, the time he did that, it didn't happen a lot, so I probably should use that one because that's when they really was acting up. But many times, the Bible talks about the anger of the Lord. If we took out every anger scripture in the Old Testament, we probably have, I don't know, 100. I mean, God is angry with the wicked every day, is what the Bible say. These cops are wicked. And if somebody's going to be angry, they're more in line with what the Father feels than those that are sitting in the church saying, stop tearing this up. We got to understand something. Every time somebody get mad, Brother Bobby, young people, they always do that. The Chinese do that. Hey, here's a good one. Even when they win the playoffs, whites go down there and tear stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's something. I know this yeah, guy. Yeah. But, but, but it, gets labeled, it gets labeled a little bit different for them. For them, it's called a party, and they got a little rowdy. For us, it's a riot. 
So the language, the narrative is entirely different in between what what we saw in Charlotte versus you know, what we see after some college teams don't want to. I understand, but what I'm trying to say is every time young people get upset, you want to go and tear up the establishment. They really, in, in the L.A. rise, when they, when Rodney King was uh, hurt, uh, beat up that time, I remember uh, they went to look for oriental shops, non-black shops, and if you put out a sign, black on, they didn't bother your shop for the most part. So they just destroying shops they think is white. They think it's oriental. Right. They're not trying to destroy their own. So I I know sometimes they destroy their own in, in error, but when that's when they said, hey, this we black on, and then the, root, the, the looters will go the next block over. And I know they talk about the banks, right. the people that's looting for all the crazy reasons, but my point is this. What else, family? And that's what we're talking about tonight. Again, we're open forum. We don't have to talk about this. We can talk about other things on your mind. John, uh, I want to ask you, uh, what, what what, can these young people do? What, what, I mean, serious, y'all. Serious. Okay. Uh, what let me... do our young people do? Here's a question. Here's an official question. We're having a show tonight. And y'all are some intelligent men. You're men of God. You even know that we are Israel. I mean, y'all are really swinging. Okay? If all ain't joining us tonight, should be another voice. People are listening. And they're looking. And there's a lot of anxiety and fear and worry. Because cops are taking lives of innocent black males. It don't matter how you talk to them. It don't matter if your hands is up. Yep. A lady was just shot after an accident because the guy car turns over and he gets out and she has her hands up and there's no threat. Everybody's around. That boy, his car might have flipped. He might have been pissed for that, but he had no reason to shoot that woman like that in Ohio. Our lives do not have value in this country. As men of God, what do you have to say on that, John? Go first on that one. All right. I think that it's important for us to understand. As a matter of fact, let me give you an anecdotal scenario that I I experienced myself. Black Lives Matter March, downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Someone said, John, I was a trainer for Xerox. They said, John. You should come and join us. We're going to do it. We're going to march from this place down to the courthouse. I said, you know what? I'll, I'll do that. And so I, that evening, got in my car, drove downtown, parked about a block away. I saw where the people were gathered, and I walked up. Different people were kind of just standing around, milling around, so on and so forth. Um, a person uh, who was part of the, uh, the, the people who organized it, she came up with a clipboard and was like, hey, you know, put your name here and your email address and we'll let you know when we're doing this, that, or the other. I'm like, okay, I did that. So they began to say, okay, we're going to head out in a little bit, but before we do that, what we're going to do is we're going to just practice some of the chants that we're going to do, so on and so forth. Now, they did the customary, um, let's say, heck no, we won't go. And so everybody practiced that one. And it's like, okay, we're going to do this one. And so they're just practicing what they were going to be saying. That's fine. But here's the thing, Seth. I looked up and I noticed there was a lot of people around me that I didn't know who they were. 
All I knew is that we were going to be marching from this spot down to the courthouse, maybe three blocks. And for me, I thought about it, and I'm like, this isn't organized well enough. I don't know the people around me well enough to know that. Do they know that if the police come and harass me, I don't intend to whoop the policeman's ass? I don't intend to. <laughs> but, but maybe they do, which means that when they get to whooping that policeman's ass, the other policeman goes, you like, well, bro, you standing right there beside her. I think we're going to whoop your ass. I wasn't really, I wasn't looking to take an ass whooping that night. Folks, yes, I'm a born-again believer. I don't believe that the profanity of ass should run you off and make you think that I'm a hypocrite. It's how I'm expressing right. the situation, and I mean it like I say it. Understand, folks, I realized that no one had vetted all the people surrounding me. I walked away, got in my car, drove home. Later, I saw pictures of the same group and their marches, and on a sign, a Black Lives Matter sign, I saw an upside-down pentagram. And folks, you may be like, well, what's that? that? What does that mean? That means, what is that? That is one of the most powerful signs in Satanism, the inverted pentagram. Why is that on a Black Lives Matter placard? Why? Why? Ooh-wee. Folks, I am not trying to say that everybody in the Black Lives Matter are Satanists, but what I am trying to say is that it only takes a few persons. If you have 100 police and 100 protesters, it only takes, let's say, two policemen who have been promised to move up in their, let's say, in, in, in society, to be able to get into politics, to one day become a mayor or a senator or whatever the case may be, if they do what is required of them now. And that may very well be the throwing up the tear gas. That may be and, and on just, the side just of the... If I can jump in just for a second, John, just just real quick, I gotta say this, man. You just brought up a point, and I want you to go ahead and finish, and just really quick, folks. It has been said and documented over and over and over and over and over. If y'all don't believe me, Google it. Now, that, just because you Google something, and you read on the internet, don't mean it's right. Look at the source when you Google stuff. Googling is good, but you gotta look at the source. It is heavily documented that our police department in the United States has been taken over by the Klan. I'm so serious. They're there. I'm not going to say... What I actually read was this. Let me say say it the way I read it. They have infiltrated the police department. That's right. They may not have taken over it like every police department's Klan. No, no. But John is on something. Because it could very well be when you take a life of a black man, you moved up. Now, so oh, what are we doing? Fear-monging right now, trying to scare y'all. I hope y'all understand the spirit behind this blog tonight is to alert. We are like watchmen up on the wall, and we're blowing a trumpet and saying, hey, hey, this is what's really going on, and hey, here is a strong, solid solution. Equip yourself. Put on your breastplate. But we're trying to tell you what to wear because we are really in a war. Go ahead, Brother John. I had to say that. And, and it needs to be said, okay? 
and I'm I'm going to just kind of finish up my statement by saying this. The infiltration, folks, it is, you can say, okay, prove it to me. I'm not going to prove anything to you. I'm going to tell you to do a couple of things. Go and look at the video I told you to look at. The First Family of Satan, YouTube. It's not a long, long video, probably long by today's standards. If anything's over 45 seconds, y'all think it's long now. But look it up. First Family of Satan on YouTube. Second thing, go just go to Google and put and put in satanic hand symbols. Folks, this is how they communicate one with another. And when you look at those satanic hand symbols, look at your friends and family members and see how normal or how regularly do they occur because they do occur. I'm not saying that your friends and family members are Satanists. I'm just saying that some of these hand, hand signs are regular in everyday contact of um, uh, uh, behavior. But then go watch primetime television, and you will see that there is a variance that needs to be addressed of why are they so ubiquitous during that time frame? Why are they so ubiquitous in Hollywood and on the movies and, and with athletes? Why, why is it so much more, like 47 times in a two-hour span, where with your family it's two times in a two-week span? It's because that's how they communicate one to another. I'm not saying anything further because most of you will not show any degree of scholarship to research what I said. And if you don't research it, you're left to your own devices, and those devices have already been swayed by mainstream media and by everything that impacts you since you were a child. Uh, I'll leave that at that. Brother Seth, Brother Bobby, it has been real. The cipher is officially passed back. <laughs> Be easy, y'all. Well, well, before Brother Bobby chime in, I want to just say this. Uh, Brother John, you you got to do this for me, if you don't mind. Supposing you're right. Give me two minutes. Supposing you're absolutely positively right. And supposing there are people that know people that got some funny ways about them. They're they, uh, infatuated with the Pentagon. Uh, Pentagon. Uh, supposing you're right. Let's just say you're right. Because I know you're right. I know you're right. You, you, we've talked in extent. And the bad, the bad thing about this blog is you can't. I can't just. You don't have five hours to really go into this like you know. You could, like people know you can go. We're gonna have to have you on the show where you just really talk about dates, times, people. Why did they throw this up? Why did the handshake here? I mean, it's serious, folks. He not. He can't. He can't do it no justice. I mean, we we got presidents and all where they was actually caught with doing certain handshakes. Uh, I mean, it was serious. This is serious. Might not know about it. It doesn't mean it's not real. So before I go to Brother Bobby and uh, have him to uh, uh, just see whatever's on his heart, I want you to give the folks, John, in a couple of minutes, because I know you got to run, a solution. Supposing you're right. And they see it all around, and they wake up tomorrow, and they start, they go look at the video, and they do more research, and they begin to see that these symbols are all over their world, 
and they experience what you experienced when you first found all this out, what should they do? There's only one. There is only one. For effect, I will repeat, there is only one. You will find no other solution other than faith in the Most High God by way of the Messiah. Everything else is foolishness. I'm okay. If you choose that you want to march, do you. If you choose that you want to try and enact legislation and become um, a political person in the midst of Babylon (laughs) where you're a servant, do you. I'm not going to try and knock anything that you choose to do. But one thing for certain, there is a couple that I know by the name of Seth and Arlene. I can personally attest to their fruit. I've watched them, and I know their fruit. What fruit can a man attest to in a city that he's not in? He is left to only depend upon what people might tell him about that fruit. You shall know them by their fruit. That's how you tell who's the real and who's the fake. But the problem that we have is that we're willing to look at TV and let the media tell us, oh, this is his fruit. Folks, you don't know the fruit based on the outside. You know the fruit based on the fact that you saw it grow. You saw it come into maturity. You saw it ripen, and you took of that fruit, and you ate of that fruit, and that fruit is good. Don't go by what people say. That's the, you have to deal. Let me tell you something, folks. The people who you think, matter of fact, let me take two steps back. If you were going to deceive the whole world, where would you begin if not in religion? That is the most powerful force. Religion has been infiltrated many, many moons ago, peoples. What you see on TV, what you see, I'm not seeing everybody. I'll never make a blanket statement because there's flaws in that statement if it's a blanket statement. But trust and believe that you absolutely have to infiltrate religion. Because that's how you sway an entire country. Seth, hold on. I ain't got no microphone, and I'm not going to break my headset, but I'm dropping the mic right there. Understand that. (laughs) Understand. Understand that what you know and believe, it's already been infiltrated, everyone. And and before, Seth, before you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Bobby, your line is open. I see you came back. Go ahead. I know. Let me say let me say this that I've since I ever become became one of the children of the most high God back in nineteen eighty seven, uh a sophomore in college. I've heard ministers multiple times a year say, There's a mighty move of God coming upon this nation. There's a mighty move of God. They have said it so many times. Folks, let me tell you something. When I actually read the Bible, There's no mighty move of God prophesied, but there is something called apostasy. It's a mighty move away from God. So that's what the Bible says, but all the ministers say there's a mighty move of God coming across this nation for over 25 years, and there ain't been anything but the opposite. So be aware. Look well into your going. 
open your heart up to God, the Most High God, by way of Jesus Christ, if you call it that, the way that the English translated the uh, Hamashiach, as stated in the Hebrew, Yahashua, open your heart up because there is very little likelihood that you'll escape. Matter of fact, God gave Satan more ability to to deceive people because they received not the love of God in their hearts. Would you believe that? Wow. He gave gave Satan more strength to deceive people because Mm -hmm. they didn't have the love of God in their heart. So there's really no option for you. You either come in under that umbrella or you don't. Mic drop. Y'all be easy. Well, brother, appreciate it. Appreciate it, brother John. And this is a hard-working man, and I was glad he was able to stop by a little bit. Folks, I talk to people that's doing about about their father's business, and a lot of times they just don't have a whole lot of time, like some of you. Some of you are the same way. Well, Brother John, thanks again for calling, and uh, I appreciate that. Thank and I'll you, just Seth. talk to you a little later on, brother. Thank you, Brother Seth. Later, Brother Bobby. Later on, brother. Well, brother, I, I mean, he had to get up out of here. So I don't, and, uh, and, and I just want to just say really quick, I appreciate that, brother, doing that. But what do you have to say, brother Bobby? Just to pick it back off that he talked about Satanism and how real it is, and uh, he cannot go into it like he really can go into it in those yeah. little short yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. these, these, these yeah. are symbols are everywhere. We have people, we have young people wearing black. We have a black folk, young black people that normally used to laugh at any type of Satanism, uh, 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 following a lot of the celebrities. I don't want to get off into Satanism unnecessarily, but I just want to say, what do you have to say? You have anything on any of that? You've seen any experiences or anything? I mean, uh, of course, I'm in the Bible Belt. Here's a different type of uh, of oppression, folks. Again, we're talking about the state of the African American people. We're talking about not just the young people. We're not. We're going to hit some older people. We're going to middle age. We just want to kind of hit really hard tonight. What is going on with our people? We heard Brother John, and that, and that was very on point to talk about Satanism on the rise. Uh, now, when you say Satanism, some of y'all are going, oh, I don't know about all that. No, I don't know nobody that wear black or do any funny handshakes. But what the brother was just talking about, these people are in power, like in your police department, in in the political, and they are running our world. And that is what's touching our young people as well as our young people. The oppression is coming directly from the kingdom of Satan. Brother Bobby, you got to have something on that. Well, I I got two things, and then I'm going to have to run. The second question that I had after I had, when I was looking at these young people in Charlotte and their rioting, and the first question was, I was asking, you know, as far as their fathers are concerned. But then the second question was, okay, how many provocateurs are in the midst of this group here? Uh, provocateurs are individuals that are specifically sent out to these particular uprisings just to increase the chaos. That that's their whole job. That's their whole deal. Is the the if if a, if two people are really angry, and I mean ready to tear up stuff, their job is to go and incite the anger to the point where now you got a hundred people 
who's going out and just tearing stuff up. And the thing of it is, a lot of those provocateurs are working hand-in-hand with the police department. And how do those provocateurs, how, how, how are they able to operate the way that they're able to operate? Now, when I say this right here, I truly believe in the slogan, and pay attention to what I say, I truly believe and stand 100% behind the slogan, Black Lives Matter. But as far as the organization is concerned, absolutely not. Reason being is that that organization has now been infiltrated and is basically ran by all of these offshoot organizations that ultimately leads to one person by the name of George Soros. Okay. Who is George Soros? He is a billionaire many times over. Huh. It's not ringing the bell. I don't know. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I actually did an extensive report on this particular issue, and I had put it on, on my website. Okay. There is. And, Brother Bobby, go ahead and mention your website to everybody because I'm trying to put your name out there because this brother have a lot of solutions. He is all about solutions, and I really want to put that out there as much as I can to the to the listeners tonight. It's solutions for our people, uh, strong stuff. Right. The, the website is www.thevictimnomore.com. Put the V in there. Don't go to Victim No More. Go to thevictimnomore.com. Um, I did an extensive uh, piece on this particular issue right here dealing with Black Lives Matter. And when I did my research, I come to find out that the organization is not necessarily about Black Lives Matter. Their whole agenda is to raise awareness and to push and promote lifestyles that are not pleasing to the most high. So you got individuals who are straight out lesbians, homosexuals, and as a matter of fact, the male face that they put on the organization, I think his name is uh, D. Ray Meckerson. Um, he was one of the first faces that you saw when the issue in Ferguson with Mike Brown had took place. You had ground roots people that was already organizing uh, there in Ferguson. D. Ray goes to Ferguson, and the next thing you know, he becomes famous. Well, come to find out that he felt comfortable enough after Ferguson to, to uh, basically expose himself and come out and say, hey, look, I'm a full-blown, uh, out-and-proud homosexual man. And so what they've done, they've actually placed him as the male face of Black Lives Matter, but ultimately it still ran, I guess you could say, from a strategic level uh, from the, the, the ladies that started that organization. And their whole goal, and you can go to their website. So I'm not making any of this up. You can go to BlackLivesMatter.com and go to their website, and what you will see is that they they are in firm uh, stance as far as making sure they raise the issue of homosexual, transgender, um, uh, uh, wow. uh, lesbian. Wow. Their whole agenda is behind that. 
It just happened to be that their skin has melanin in it. Now, here's the deal. You call your organization Black Lives Matter, the vast majority of the incidents that we're seeing in this country as far as police brutality are black men. But yet, Brother Seth, you will not see nowhere in the language of that website where they include heterosexual black men, nor do they include the traditional stance, the orderly stance, the, the, the order that the most high place in the earth concerning the family. They're all about the alternative version of what we may call the family structure. So in other words, as far as Black Lives Matter is concerned, the only use that they have for me and for you, Brother Seth, and if Brother John happened to still be listening, and any other black man that's on this line, the only use that that organization has for you is your martyrdom. In other words, if you happen to be shot and killed by the police, they're going to use your story to push their agenda, but they really don't care nothing about you. And so, therefore, when you take an organization who actually spits in the face of the divine order of family that comes from the most high, I cannot stand behind that. That is unrighteousness. So I don't care how many of these these riots, all these marches that Black Lives Matter decide they want to be a part of, it would never work because it's already got the wrong foundation. And number two, you got white folks who ultimately controls that organization now. White folk with plenty of money. Black, That's deep, black brother. I, I can't say I do all of that. that, that, that I didn't know that. And I, I, I ain't going to lie. I am a Black Lives Matter diehard fan. I have to research that because I just thought my research. Uh, I didn't even, to be honest with you, I can't say my research because I didn't look into it like you just did. All I knew is that this young lady, I remember I did do a little research to find out who was the leader, and I uh, it was birthed out of, it, might, it may have been birthed for the right reason and then taken over by possibly, if what you're saying is correct, because this young right. lady really had a vision uh, to stand up against police brutality, and it was birthed out of the, 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 the innocent lives being taken. End of story. Now, I know, like with NAACP and a lot of our big organizations, our muscles, if you will, those organizations that really speak up for our people, they all seem to have get taken over. And this is why, I, which I disagree with a lot of people, uh, especially, uh, you know, matter who, what organization, but I don't believe that whites are the devil. But this is why a lot of people don't want whites in their organization at all because of this very thing I'm talking about. But I still do not believe that white people are our problem. And I want to make sure in this show, this show, this show, we make that crystal clear that we, like Brother John said, Satan is our enemy. Evil spirits is our enemy. Ignorance is our enemy. Deception right. is our enemy. Lies is our enemy. And the biggest enemy we all have is our flesh. Our flesh. And we don't talk enough about our flesh, but our flesh, we that thing that craves evil inside of us have caused more pain in our lives than anything. But what you're saying, brother, right now is very, very odd. I, I, I would not, it sounds right, though. Well, brother, brother, you know, I just don't open my mouth and say any old thing. 
I make sure that I put the research out there. And, you know, don't believe me. Just go research it for yourself. It's out there. Even if you go to my, go to my website, I put the sources of where I get this information from. So I just don't state it and keep on moving. It was pretty extensive. And it's sad. It's sad because you got a lot of folk who are well-intentioned being a part of an organization that ultimately don't care nothing about you. And that's wow. where the, the, the problem, wow. the, there's a bigger agenda. So you always, wow. if you ever, ever, ever want to find out who runs an organization, always follow the money. It'll take you right who is running things. Wow. So follow well, folks, listen, the money. Let me just say this again. Uh, folks, you're listening. Those of you on the phone lines, y'all can press one and ask questions to this brother or any other guest that may come on tonight. Um, <laughs> I tell you, this brother just dropped the bomb on us. I mean, because I know everybody listening on the sound of my voice, unless you did the research he did, is definitely pro Black Lives Matter because we say all the time, I've posted a thousand things, Black Lives Do Matter. I love the idea. I love what they're saying. They're saying, hey, our lives matter. So I think, Brother Bobby, in respect to your research, would you agree that it started out, it was birthed out of a real cause? Yeah, I I, I really believe that at the very beginning, the very, very beginning, so you got to go back to when Mike, Mike Brown was gunned down. You got to go back to to that time period. I think at the very very beginning, it was very well intentioned, um, and it had a pure start. But the problem started coming in is that when they start putting the website together, and then you see, brother, I don't care how many of these of these civil rights movements that we're gonna have in this country. Whenever you start mixing sin in there, it ain't never going to work. We'll stand up, but we won't breathe. That was powerful. I got to, you got to hold that right there. I got to just give me 20 seconds. Folks, he just dropped one of the things I want to present to y'all tonight. Family, friends, and the big family. This is what we're talking about tonight. We got to get a hold of the sin question. Because no matter what our so-called oppressors do to us, we cannot, we're never going to be able to, 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 to overcome this situation, no matter what it is in your life, with sin. Now, I don't mean somebody messing up every once in a while. I mean a foundation sinful, like with the homosexual platform. I'm talking about platforms of sin, not not individual messing up here and there in your life. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, folks, I keep thinking of Second Chronicles 7.14, you know, if my people, and we are his people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, number one, pray, number two, seek my face, number three, turn from their wicked ways, Humble themselves, seek, turn from their wicked ways. Pray. My people, which you call my name, will humble themselves. Folks, listen. We do not have a chance of salvation without the help of the Most High. Brother Bobby, I know you will give me an amen on this. Yes, amen. And, I mean, 
Because I, I, you and brother, brother, the brother earlier, brother John hit it, and I want you to because I know you can hit it even harder. Is the solutions? Is the solution for our people? People are listening. They some of them know what you're saying, but they're saying, "What? What? What do we do?" I mean, there are some people that don't read the Bible, and they hear me quoting Second Chronicles seven fourteen. It's about people who are called my name will humble themselves and pray. Seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin. They hear me quoting that, but they don't know what that means. So, you just mentioned sin and civil rights. You said, brother, no matter what you do with civil rights, if it's a platform of sin, and and I don't want to pick on the gay and lesbian community, but that's a platform of sin. They're looking for civil rights, but their platform is marriage between a man and a man. The Bible prohibits that. It's an abomination. So you cannot win with that platform. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to work. I don't care how well-intentioned we may be. And here's the thing, Brother Seth, it does not take away the wrong that the enemy has has done to us by using a certain people. So it doesn't absolve them of their guilt because I, I, got, I got the other side of that part as well. But as far as us is concerned, we have to change our behavior. That's something that, that we're in a time now where it's much easier to to – to blame and, and, and not take personal responsibility for our own actions. Because see, here's the deal: it's just like we we still have situations out here. We still got brothers out here that go and 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 have these relationships with these young ladies, and the young ladies in love with them. Next thing you know. A child is born from that particular relationship, and then the next thing you know, bro, man, ain't around no more. And it gets to a point Brother Bobby, I think his phone his line dropped again. Uh, it's the second time. Hopefully he can get that straight now before 10 o'clock comes. Hopefully he'll call back though, family. But anyway, you listen, family, y'all been listening to the... <laughs> this is Five Smooth Stones with a special show tonight. A special show tonight. Open forum. Open forum on Five Smooth Stones. We're just talking about uh, what is really going on with our people. We hit a little bit, talked a little bit about the whole weed addiction. A little bit. Uh, we talked about Satanism. We talked about... Um, uh, young boys being obsessed with being a rapper. Why is all these young men and Brother Bobby's back? Uh, Brother Bobby just kind of briefing everybody what we've been talking about. And just we've been just hitting okay. different things going on with our people to try to get a handle on what's going on. And Brother 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 Bobby's getting down to the root, which is sin, yeah. a pattern of sin. He's not talking about messing up just. You know, today you happen to just tell somebody off at McDonald's because, you know, you know, we're oh, not no, talking about yeah, I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we ain't talking about nothing like that. We're talking about behavior that has been repeated over and over and over and over and over again where it has become an established behavior um, for generations. And, well, and let me say this. You, 
you you dropped the bomb. I gotta say this about Black Lives Matter, BLM. What do you do? They they have been a voice and say what you want to say, but a lot of people that go to those marches, I know Brother John went to the marches. Folks, we're so diverse here. Now, y'all know Brother John not go way back, but yeah, we disagree on the march. I believe in going to Black Lives Matter marches. I, I would, probably would have went to that march in Dallas that had the shooting. I believe in marching. I went over, was in over 70 marches in Cincinnati. So I believe in marching. But So... I, I, I don't think it's a, a, whole, a wholesome solution, but it's just it's making a statement that we're tired. You know, uh, what do what you say needs to be done by the oh, masses yeah, of people? For me, for, yeah, well, for me... Outside of not, 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 of course, I do believe in praying and all of this, folks. Now, I want to let y'all think I believe in just marching. Now, I do believe in praying. I believe in spiritual warfare. But, Brother Bobby, what would you say to people that say, what else should we do? Okay. Oh, what should we do? Hey, look. If, if well, my deal is, if marching is your thing, go do your marching. However, when you get done from the march, you still got to go home, and we still got to live a righteous life. See, it's just like I had ran into a brother the other morning. I was getting getting a little breakfast, and I had known him for for some time. And he's one of these real conscious brothers. He's so conscious that he's unconscious. That's how conscious that he is. And and I, I know a little bit about him. I, I know about his lifestyle. Because this lifestyle, he likes to have babies but don't take care of them. And in in the midst of his conversation, you know, I think I can only I only stood about three minutes of it. Then I had to keep it moving. I said, well, brother, I got to go, um, you know, talk to you later, take care. And he said to me, hotel, brother, hotel. And I turned around and I looked at him and I said, no tip, no tip, brother. Reason being, this brother spent a lot of time going down there, marching down there in Charlotte, talking about Black Lives Matter. But I know right now, today, this brother has four children. And he don't go and spend no time, nor does he provide for those children. But yet, he's down there in Charlotte talking about Black Lives Matter. And then when he leaves, he got a girlfriend, a new girlfriend that he stays with. And that's all he's ever done. He's never translated or actually made that transition into real manhood. So while he's down there in Charlotte talking about Black Lives Matter, the real lives that really should be mattering to him are suffering because, first of all, he's not present, and number two, he ain't providing. So do you think the Most High is going to honor some mess like that? I can answer that for you. No. And that's what we do, Brother Seth. We need, the first ministry we need to get back to is the man in the mirror ministry. We're real good at joining together in a group, but when we come home and we're still living all reckless, how is that honoring the most high? How do you think he's looking upon that foolishness? And what obligates him to move on our behalf? And no, 
We are the perfectionists of the walking contradiction. Now, it does not absolve the evil that other folks do to us because, see, they got to pay for that. It's like when the brother said, well, there ain't no, there's no great move coming to this nation. I, you know, I have to respectfully disagree, and here's the reason why. You do not go to another land, steal a people from that land, bring them to your land, work them like dogs for over 250 years, then you had them transfer into this new type of slavery by virtue of the 13th Amendment. Then we had to deal with these Jim Crow laws, and all at the same time, you didn't want to pay them. And, they, and this country is violating all type of spiritual principles that you find in the scriptures. Go to Deuteronomy, I believe, 14. It is actually dealing with that if you have somebody working for you and you do not pay them, you actually bring a curse upon yourself. This country, what you're seeing right now, we're just at the beginning. It's not going to get no better. Hell is going to continue to increase itself, and all types of chaos are going to going to be allowed to happen in this country because there's well, it sounds like you agree with Brother John that there's not a, he's talking about a mighty a, a mighty move of God he's basically saying that God is already doing everything he's doing and it's up to us to do certain things and you sound like you're saying the same thing right but the, the mighty move is called judgment Well, I that's think you would agree with you there, but he said the preachers were saying that there's becoming a, a a mighty move of God, like revival kind of a like thing. A like revival, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, anyway, here's the movement. As judgment is coming upon this country, those that will be able to make it through and protect it, even when everybody else is getting judged, is going to be the righteous ones. That's how you get your heads of protection. And you know what? I like how you put that. I got to say this real quick. I like how you just put that because I'm sure people are thinking he just sounds like doom and gloom. But then you flipped it that quick and said the protection is going to be there for the righteous. And that's all we're trying to do, family. I'm serious. Brother Bobby just did y'all hear that? One minute it sounds like we're hopeless. Judgment is coming. You know, uh, agreeing with John, no mighty move of God. But at the same time, he said, the protection is there. And I, 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 I'm just letting him just share. I got my own way of, of presenting this whole thing myself. But sometimes I like to interview others and like to hear them share. But, folks, he is absolutely right. For those that fear the Most High and live for him, which is what I've been trying to get to, is is is. is going to be just fine, folks. If you love the Father, you're getting, trying to get close to Him, you're reading the Scriptures, you're praying, you're spending quiet time with the Father, you really is trying to increase your faith, get stronger, get closer, and listen to spiritual songs, singing spiritual songs, worshiping the Father, and doing right by your brothers and sisters, fathering, mothering, doing the things you got to do with your family. Folks, you are going to be blessed, but our nation is in trouble. Go ahead, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And my whole deal is this. 
if we go back and think about what has been the none, the what the worst thing that ever could have happened to our people. Brother said, I would have to say the destruction of the family. Yeah. Yeah, and that's universal. That. And just black folk, it's white, it's white folk. Because you know, we know one thing we forget is there are a lot of white people. We just forget about this segment of our white brothers and sisters. We just forget about them. We so we're the cops over some of us, some of us, some of us forget about the average everyday white person that live across the street from us that ain't don't have no power who's raising their children not to be racist, to beat the fool out of their kids that they try to, if they even practice any kind of racism, do not allow the N-word right. in their house. It's all kind of folk go to church, and some of them don't go to church, and they have high standards. We forget about those people, and oftentimes they're through in the same bucket with all these powerful people that wouldn't even talk to them, couldn't, wouldn't even invite them to their house because they look at them as us. We forget about that, but folks, listen. We truly wrestle not against flesh and blood. Like Ephesians 6 says, our war is with spiritual wickedness. The Bible says it. It's with spiritual wickedness in high places. You go figure what that is. We believe we know what it is. This brother is hit on it a little bit. Brother John hit on it a little bit. But I'm telling you, this is our true enemy. Ignorance, deception, lies, our flesh, which craves evil. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how evil this mindset is. Because that mindset can work in anybody. And it's not confined to a particular skin color, even though we're seeing what we're seeing today. We get that part. Now, anybody understanding has a, has a reasonable mind and understands the, the, just the whole principle with reparations, you know, would have to say something has to be done to, to, to help repay and to help restore and repair these people that we stole their labor from and they basically built this country because Japanese, uh, Jews, Germans, all of them, they get reparations. The Indians got some type of reparations through uh, reservations, through land. Everybody else has, has has gotten a piece of that. Matter of fact, the United States has agreed over the next 10 years to give Israel, the land of Israel, the other folks over there in Israel, $39 billion. What are they going to do with $39 billion? We give them well over $10 billion a year as it is. So here it is. Everybody else is getting paid, but 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 we can't get paid. Now I'm gonna tell you how wicked, the the, the, the high, high high level this wickedness is from on high, brother. Seth, okay. Did you know back in 2009, the UN holds a conference every year on racism, the UN, and during that conference. They deal with different issues that are going on in the land, not only in this country, but also all over the world. Well, one of the forums during that conference of on racism, this is at the UN. The conference is dealing with reparations to whom they were called African Americans. 
would you care to guess what president actually boycotted and said that they weren't coming to have a discussion about racism and reparations to African Americans? Can you name that president, Brother Seth? Go ahead. Or you don't want to name it. <laughs> See? See, we're going to have to deal with this. We've got to deal with it, brother. Our own <laughs> President Barack Obama wrote a letter and rejected the invitation of the U.N. to this conference of racism, and especially and specifically talking about reparations to African Americans. Why <laughs> is that, brother Seth? <laughs> And I ain't telling you nothing that you can't go and research it and put it up yourself. Well, you know what? I think with Obama, to be very honest, because I'm watching him very closely, and I think uh, this brother, being the first, have to be very careful. It's not like Venus and Serena being the first, this, the first, that, and they just playing tennis. This man is getting death threats more than the other president. And I think if you really watch him, you can't go off and do too much for your own people. I'm just being honest. You can. You can. But it's some white people that will probably make you pay. And I I still think he could have did a little bit more for us as a people. But I think he wants to live after he get out of that White House. He don't want to have to give his life, you know? So I hear you, man. I, well, what, I hate well, some Seth, things he did. Seth, I, Seth, go ahead, go ahead, Seth, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't get with that. Okay, so if he, he, wants Clinton, to, he wants to have well, a life. Hold on, one more thing. Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> give me one look. If you Bill Clinton, you can pull it off. If you're a white president, you can pull it off. But, you know, if you sit back and look, they've done a few things. But the big things, like you say, reparations, do you know what kind of security that man would need if that if he pulled off reparations for African Americans? Well, Seth, it was just an invitation to have a conversation about reparations. Ain't nobody talking about going to the UN and the UN working and with the Hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. Those of y'all that click on the link. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, Brother Bobby. I got to say that you know this is just a promo thing. Uh, folks, if you clicked on the show with the link, you're going to be disconnecting like 50 seconds. It's a call 60 seconds, she just said, the uh, operator here. Uh, call the phone number, 914-205-5590. If you clicked on the show via a link, you're going to be disconnected in probably about 40 seconds now. So call 914-205-5590. Sorry about cutting you off, but I heard that little automatic recording in my ear. Go ahead. I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, but ultimately, we, we've had we've had plenty of examples of, of of brothers who were ultimately they knew what they were doing, but they willingly still no. walked that walk that they no. needed to walk 
and they I, knew I, I, that they were taking their life. I'm going to tell you something, so brother. I'm going to listen to me very clear. I like Farrakhan. I like Khalid Muhammad. I like Garvey. I like all of those radicals that stood up to this United States government and just, just let them have it. That's how I roll. That's who I look up the most. I'm not a Booker T. Washington kind of person. I do believe we should pull ourselves by our own bootstraps, but you don't let this white man just go. You deal with him, and you tell yourself to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. So I agree with Elijah Muhammad. Okay, these are the people I look up to the most. I don't look up to ministers in the churches like I look up to those guys. Now, I don't believe I'm not a Muslim. I don't, I don't adapt to their religion. I do believe that pastors have it right in terms of righteousness and all of this, so this is why I'm a believer. But I don't like the passivity of the church. So let me right. just say that right. right now. Having said all of that, I understand what the president is doing. If you got all of these race riots going on right now, and this man ain't gave us nothing, can you imagine what would happen if Obama was responsible for black folks getting a million or two of free education? These white folks would tear up this country. I'm telling you, man, this man, they say, got far more death threats. They had to make this call for him. They got all the security, security. Obama is super secure. That man got to live. You, you, you can give your life. I understand that. And maybe you should if you run for president. you got to be willing and all this. But I'm saying he's a uh, – I, I, let me just say this. The man made some horrible decisions as president, giving the gay the rights. And, and I don't know what is with him in this gay thing. He's dropped the ball with that. Okay, and there's other big balls like that he dropped. But you got to be very careful, Brother Bobby, going off in there thinking you're going to be a, a Malcolm X or somebody. You, these people, this they feel like this is their country. And you don't want to be no little wuss, but you got to be clever. Like he put certain people in well, power. Hispanic, listen, Hispanics on, on the Supreme Court, you want to place certain people there to make an impact. You just can't go off in there like uh, Will Rogers and saying, you know, hey, you can't. I, I, I get what you're saying. I understand that. I respect that. The conference that I was referring to, this happened back in 2009. We're not even talking about anything that happened today. And when he actually refused to go to that conference back in 2009, he made sure that he got the head of Israel on the phone to make them aware that he wasn't going because also, too, at the same conference, the U.N. was going to charge Israel as being our um, an apartheid state. Mm. See this thing, man. This thing, this this, this thing is, is is so evil mm. it, it, on on multiple types of levels. And, and and I get that. I get that. But also at the same time, too, we can't pay everybody else. I mean, the brother just signed off on on, on legislation. To pay Israel $39 billion. Okay? <laughs> also, at the same time, too, was it, was it last year or the year before, he signed, signed off on Jews in this country getting more reparations. They were already getting reparations. He signed off on them getting even more. So what I'm saying is this. 
is that either this country pays now or it pays later, but it's going to pay. Why? Because our most high heavenly father is righteous like that. And in the midst of this country having to pay, we need to make sure that we're living a righteous life. So in the midst of him pouring out his anger towards the unrighteous, we don't get caught up. Because, see, right now, it's real easy to pull at the strings of racism. That is the number one trigger that's going on in this country right now. And don't think it's just by accident that all of a sudden we got a birth of a nation that's going to be coming out later on this month. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think it's later on this week. And that's actually showing the Nat Turner Rebellion. Oh, my goodness. So what do you think that movie's going to do? What do you think it's going to do to the people? Well, I don't know if that's going to be a big trigger. But I do know that's not going to ultimately... I don't want to use the word help. What I will say is this. It's like pouring salt on a wound. It's just how much salt this Birth of a Nation movie is really going to be. So Some people believe that it's going to get they, black they, young they, males. Some people believe it's going to uh, tip young black males to be a Nat Turner. So what was that again, brother? Some believe this movie is going to tempt, persuade, encourage young black males who's already tired to be Nat Turners and going to spark a race war. I'm just telling you what some people think. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. And I'm, I'm just, I can honestly tell you, brother Seth, I don't know which way that's going to go. I, I would pray for the most peaceful outcome, but like you say, a lot of these young folks, they angry. They don't know how to actually let that anger out in a different manner other than ultimate destruction. They don't know. They're just tired. They get tired of cutting on the TV, and they watch another some another us get gunned down, whether it be a man, whether it be a woman, whether it, whether it be a child. It gets to a point where certain folk, man, you can't show but so much trauma to. That's trauma. And we got to type well, of Let me say this because I think we know that, and I think it's sad thing that we do know what you're saying and I'm sure right now you you are bringing up some painful memories just saying that so let me just say this this is my solution I've been letting you talk for a little bit I'm, I'm gonna let you finish up I know you gotta go a little bit but real quick let me ask you this question well let me just share with you my solution I believe John is right and you're right we, you've been we've been all saying the same thing turn to God turn to God turn to God but the young people are saying <laughs> that is y'all being a bunch of, I ain't going to say the name, 
That's wheat. That's their religious stuff. That's their. That's why the Egyptology is right now so appealing to them. They want to do away with this Jesus. They want to get past this love Jesus mess. And they want to bust some heads. They just need some kind of foundation to do it. And Egypt comes in and it starts talking about the glorious past, which is the honest-to-God truth of Egypt. And it starts talking about the glorious history. It is the telling the truth. But some of it is tainted because it tries to deny the Old Testament and for sure the New Testament. Now, some Egyptologists... Egyptologists, or some people that study Africa, uh, Kemet, because you can't just say Egyptologists because it's bigger than Egypt. Africa is so much more bigger than just little Egypt. I mean, big Egypt. Right. It was all types of dynasties. Uh, I think it was somebody said this uh, before Europe was even a nation. It was all kind of dynasties before that. But anyway, they want to get busy. And this is what I tell people. And I want to hear what you have to say on this. And then I want to ask you another question. If you want to go after it, that's fine. But i got to ask you this next question. Folks, there is no protection when a police officer pulls you over with bad intentions. He has a gun and the state on his side. If he wants to kill him, a nigga tonight, it could very well happen. If you wanted to go out right now and take your gun and kill somebody, it could happen. We're all vulnerable like that. There is no security against that. There is no, none to, there's only one thing I can think of, Brother Bobby, and family, that we can do. And what's what I do every single time I see them red lights come up. I say, Father, I ask for your protection. I ask for your protection. I just ran that light or I just did this and I was wrong. Protect me from any hurt, harm. I take authority over any demonic plots because sometimes people are inspired by something outside of them sometimes. And I bind those spirits because the Bible says we can. It declares we can. Christ did it. The priests did it. The prophets did it. It didn't stop when they died. I take authority over those spirits. And I say I command any foul plots of Satan or demonic activity. I normally say demonic because it ain't but one Satan. I doubt if he's in a cop on the side of a road. He's going to be dealing with Obama and people that run the world. I doubt if Satan is everywhere like some Christians say. These are evil spirits. But I take authority over those evil spirits if they're present. Now, I don't know if they're present. Now, the cops may just be doing his job. Ain't nothing demons aren't under with it. Maybe, may, that, maybe that may be it. But maybe not. Maybe not. People are getting shot with their hands up, their hands on the steering wheel. We don't even know about the cases that don't make the media, Bobby. That's right. So I take authority. What'd you say? You said something about Bobby? About Bobby? No, I just said that. No, I said that's, that's right. So I take authority of the spirits, and then when the cop comes to the car, if in case he is operating under ignorance, he's another enemy, he's ignorant. Thinking because you're black, you just want to, you know, all kind of foolishness in his mind. Or maybe he's deceived, or maybe he believe lies. At this point, I have to conduct myself in a way to dispel a lot of those rumors. Yes, sir, officer. No, sir, officer. I'm showing respect. 
I'm compliant. I don't say, what the heck, you pull me over from, uh, you know, I don't go like that. I have my paper stuff legit, you know, have my license updated. I try to obey the law as best I can. If I did run the line, I say, officer, you know what, I'm rushing to work, my bad. I own up to what I've done wrong. This is dealing with the ignorance, if there's ignorance. Deception, if they're deception of how a black man is and all these crazy stereotypes that racists are sometimes having their mind. This is how I war with people that have the potential to take your life at a whim. Okay? And I'm the same way in business. I'm the same way. You got to deal with people where they're at. A lot of these white people, and it ain't just white folks. There's some black folks out here just as destructive with us because we just don't have the kind of value that we should because of racism, white supremacy, and black inferiority that's running rampant in our minds, all of our minds. So Brother Seth battle like that in the spirit and following the law and respecting authority and try to de-escalate problems where it could be racially because I believe it's there. I think all of us has this tendency to devalue black lives. So, Brother Bobby, I want to hear your take on the same thing. What do you do? What do you do when those lights go off and you're on a dark road and it, that's as vulnerable as you're going to get it? What would you do, brother? Well, hey. If um, you ain't done nothing wrong. Let's just say you ain't done well, nothing I wrong. I, I, I think about it uh, very often. Very, very often. You know, my wife and I had went through an incident of, um, about four or five years back where we got pulled over, and I was driving, and the only excuse that this cop could come up with is that I look like, I might look, and he said, I might look like somebody that they may be looking for. And the the, the old Bobby <laughs> really had big time problems with that. But it's all about trying to survive with as little incident as possible. And what what wound up happening? I was I was polite. You know, I, I got him the registration. I made sure. I said, hey, look, you see my hands. I'm going over to the glove compartment to reach over and get the registration and everything that you asked for from my wife. And she and I made sure that she showed her hands. So we didn't need no misunderstanding at that particular point. And I made him restate his reason again one more time, Brother Seth. Okay. You pulled me over for what reason, officer? He said, well, you look like you might be someone that we, we, we might be looking for of another crime that took place in the, in the city. And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that was the big, that was, that, that was the, 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 the meat of it. And I'm looking at my wife, and I'm looking at him, and I said, okay, officer, I tell you what, do I need to get my attorney on the phone? Somehow or another, his mood got light, and about five minutes later, we was on about our way. Hmm. Now, I, I'm just saying that that's how that happened in that incident right there. 
but there's no guarantee. Let's make it real. Let's make it real. Let's make it even more real because you probably was in a nice neighborhood knowing you, maybe. What if you got pulled over and he came up to the car and you can just tell this man is looking for a fight? Call your boy in front of your wife. He, uh, you know, he didn't call you a nigga. Okay, let's just keep it real. But he just called you a boy. He's talking really bad to you, looking at your wife, and he, and he, and he tells maybe one of y'all to shut up or something. Okay, let's let's escalate it just a little bit. What do you do? Knowing what's going on now, I would do my very best to de-escalate because all I want to do at that particular point is to drive away and make it home. Well, let's make it more practical because we got people listening, and guess what? Not trying to curse anybody listening, but in our world, this is what is happening, Brother Bobby. You have a certain look. You're an older guy. But if you're a young guy and you don't have that I'm obeying a law look, I've never broken a law look, you're just an older gentleman, black gentleman, got your wife there, y'all look established, nice car, everything works, pans out, you got your registration, you look, got full of coverage, insurance. Okay, you, you don't have that look. But they're young boys, they don't have their little stuff together. Their paperwork might not be together. They may have already had a prior, and they're looking at that. So they're talking them a little crazy. Let me answer my own question first. Then if you want to answer, fine. Folks, there are times. It cannot just be a police officer. It can be your boss. You're going to get fired. If you don't answer this the right way, if you don't act a certain way, you're going to lose money in a, as a business owner if you take this stance. It could mean you're going to lose a, a wife or a husband. It could mean you're going to end up being put out of the church. There are times in life where, I hate to say it, but... You have to make those decisions that could cause you your life. I understand that. And I'm not saying punk out every situation and just kiss up and, and you know, make laugh at the police officer when the stuff ain't funny. Just be a, 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 a sample on the side of the road. I'm not saying that, folks. We're not talking about no weak stuff now. Y'all heard Brother Bobby, and he gave y'all solid advice. That's what to do. But I'm, I'm escalated even more, and I'm going to give you my answer. I'm sure he's going to give you his answer. There are times when you're dealing with the devil. You look in the eyes of the police officer, and they want to take a nigga off this planet today. Or they want to lock you up to inconvenience you. Maybe everybody want to kill you. Sometimes they just want to harass you. And I'm telling you, people, believe me, my wife said this one day, how do you do that? Cop pulled me over, asked for insurance, asked for this or the other. And he never get the insurance. She said, you never show your insurance. It's because I know this man is not looking for me. When I show him who I am, he's not looking for me. He's looking for a, a pissing contest. 
He's looking for that young young buck, so to speak, that he called. That's gonna say, "What are you doing, motherfucker?" That's what he's looking for. He looking for a fight. He he not yeah. looking for somebody that prays for police officers. You know, uh, he not. It's a certain kind of driver he looking for. Even if you broke the law, family. Even if you broke the law, he not looking to ticket you. Because you like him. He looking for those, even if you didn't break the law, but you marrying white girls, you dating white girls, you playing that rap music. We got to understand where these people are at, black cops included, what they looking for. So this is when I go into prayer mode. This is when I look officers in the eye because I'm staring at his soul saying, how dare you mistreat me? I don't look away like, man, this this is a bunch of bullshit. I don't look, I, I, I look him in the eye. I stare to his soul as if to say, I know you, your mama raised you better. I know inside you there's something there. That uh, uh, Gandhi named it Satyagraha, Satyagraha. The soul, the spirit of a man. You know, the playing on, not playing, but using the, the God inside of him. He's not a devil, folk. Might be under influence. But something inside of that man, he can love. He can be nice. I taps into that. Looks in his eye. You know, I tell him if I was wrong. If I wasn't wrong, and he said, why? Well, you ran that light. And I know I didn't run the light. Well, you ran the light. I said, well, officer, I, I, okay. What do you need? Give him his paperwork. I'll see him later in court. I'll, I got his badge number. There is other things I can do after the fact. I ain't winning no prison contest with no police officer on the side of no road. I ain't going to be out there being no uh, 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 attorney with my rights on the side of the road. Now, if he has to search my car, I'm going to say, officer. I know you're just doing your job, just like the little video we play on this show all the time to the family, uh, Brother Bob. We play a family video, and it says, and I literally quote what that attorney has offered our family to say, and he says this on this audio. Look at the officer in your eye, in his eye, and say this, Officer, I know you're just doing your job, but I really don't consent to searches and seizures. I don't consent to search, excuse me. And so... That is a legal stance. He might think you are a student, uh, some type of law student, but that tells the officer you know your rights. I don't go throw my rights on the side of the road, but he is going to be yes, sir, no, sir, and it, it takes, he's going to have to be under the influence of the devil to just go any further with me, but I've already bound the enemy. So he can't be an influence of the devil. He's going to have to be operating on the ignorance to oppress me. But he can't operate on the ignorance because I'm not fitting the profile. You understand what I'm saying about the body? Yes. I'm not saying still nothing can happen to me. I'm just, I'm not saying that, folks. I'm just saying we're dealing with human beings. We're not dealing with devils. We're dealing with human beings. They have family. They have something they like. They have something they love. And there's a reason they're on that police department. They're not on that police department to lock up everybody black. They probably got friends that are black. Why? Why do they pick those friends? Because those friends are not a threat. Why are they not a threat? I know sometimes they're some Uncle Tom friends. I understand that. But oftentimes the Uncle Tom is twisted in their mind. 
They don't want to harm good people. They've been told we're the devil. We're bad. We we are we're niggers. We're not even. We're not equal to them. So you have to deal with that ignorance on the side of that road. And so I've learned to say little things and do little things to to offset and to de-escalate. Brother Bobby, I want you to just. I got another question for you. Then I know you got to run. Okay. And actually, I got to run too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pose yeah, you yeah. a last question, and then. Uh, I'll let you go. And I appreciate you hanging out. I know you're a busy man. You're a businessman. you got many things to do. But listen, there's a lot of fear, brother. Brother Bobby, brother Bobby, there is a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. And again, folks, I didn't have a chance to address everybody again, but you definitely listen to Five Smooth Stones tonight is open forum. You should know that by now. Thank you, everybody, for being on the phone lines. Listen, we still have quite a few area codes still listening, still tuned in. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, y'all. Sean, five smooth, Sean, respect, as well as Brother Bobby. Not to mention that we always do good after the show goes off, so I'm sure this show would probably skyrocket like it always do Thursday and Friday. So anyway, and folks, just want to remind everybody, just real quick before I drop this last one on Brother Bobby, in two weeks, not next week. We don't do the family show. We're going to do the family show. The Douglas County Family Friends Network happens next Tuesday in seven days. But in 14 days, I'm going to be inviting my friend, the one and only brother Joseph Johnson, to come on the show with me. And we're going to be doing a special show. Brother Joseph has got a lot of information. This brother has been studying for a long time. Y'all going to hear a whole other voice. So y'all got quite a few friends. Uh, but Brother Joseph Johnson and I are going to be doing a special show on some topics. I'll put it out there later on the internet. Look out for the show. Now, everybody, just so y'all know, because y'all not looking at the calendar, I'm sure, that is the 18th of October. Brother Joseph Johnson is going to be on Five Smooth Stone with a special presentation, a uh, plethora of things going on. This brother is very controversial. you got to check him out, okay? Brother Bobby, last question, and we both got to go. There's all kind of stuff happening. There's clowns popping up all over the country, uh, trying to people woo people into the woods with machetes and knives. There's fear, fear, fear everywhere. Chemtrails um, happening in the skies. We've been poisoned from the sky. A lot of blacks have been reporting about that. Uh, chemtrails. There's so much stuff going on. I just mentioned early Expo 30, 30 areas. You missed it. I think it was a little earlier on the show. I went to the 30 areas of life where we're suffering disproportionately more so than our African brothers, uh, more so than our white brothers and sisters. Just want your spiritual, mature, whatever the Father gives you about this last question. What would you advise the believers that's been hanging on the line listening that you said some very startling things, especially about an organization we all love, and that's Black Lives Matter? We, we don't, some will probably say, who do you trust? Who do you trust? What do you trust? I mean, what do you give these people that's going forward with their lives, that's, that are optimistic and want to ensure safety and, 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 and peace and and just prosperity in every aspect of life. Give them some, Brother Bobby, please. Well, Brother Seth, uh, and I had to do this quickly. Um, if anybody's paying attention, everything going on right now, it seems like it, it is geared towards fear. 
You know, it wants you to just be so on edge and wants you to be so afraid that, first of all, you forget who you are, but even most importantly, whose you are, who you belong to. You know, Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, you know, for Yah has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This right here, everything that we're seeing is psychological warfare because they're after the mind. If they get your mind, they can control you. And here's something that we need to remember about fear, Brother Seth. Uh-huh. Fear is 100% dependent upon us for its survival. Let I like me say that. that again. Fear is 100% dependent upon us for its survival. So if we have a sound mind and a made-up mind not to feed fear, then fear can't do nothing to us. Say it again. This thing is, is, is spiritual. It's real easy to get caught up in our feelings and emotions. But behind our, our, our emotions and behind our feelings is absolutely nothing. But behind every principle, there's a promise. Behind your feelings is absolutely nothing. But behind every principle, there's a promise. That we can get to a place to stand on principle. And more importantly, we can stand on the principle of the righteousness of the Most High through His Son. Brother said, that's enough that we just meditated on that and become hungry, hungry again for righteousness. The promise is, is that He would fill us. Because, Brother Seth, I can't walk around being scared. Now, I think about stuff, and I'm aware, but I can't operate in fear. And, Brother Seth, if something were to happen to me tomorrow, guess what? I am confident as to where my soul is going. And that's the confidence that we got to be able to move in. Because somebody is watching us, Brother Seth, and if everybody is watching everybody else be scared, then nobody's going to stand up to be bold. So everybody that's listening, just remember those principles. Look, fear is 100% dependent upon you for its survival. And it's real easy to get caught up in your feelings, and feelings have their purpose. I often describe feelings as a thermometer to actually check the temperature of the atmosphere. But mm-hmm. once you got the atmosphere, once you once you once you done got the temperature, once you done got the feel of what's going on, then what we need to do is get let let them feelings go because behind our feelings is absolutely nothing. But behind every principle, there's a promise. Brother Seth, I got the run, man. 
in the words of Mamie Brown's baby boy, it was a plump, pleasing pleasure to be able to spend some time with you all here this evening. And yes, uh, yes, I yes. look forward to doing it again later on in the future. All right, brother. Go ahead and give everybody a website one more time, please. And uh, I do appreciate you stopping by. Uh, the website is www.thevictimnomore.com. Amen, amen. Well, all right, Brother Bobby, again, appreciate everything, man. You said quite a few things, rattled a few cages on some things, uh, definitely uh, unorthodox there. But I appreciate the information. I'm sure you're going to send a lot of people researching. But um, this is what we do, brother. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Thanks again for stopping by. I appreciate everything. All right, brother. All right, peace. Well, folks, that was Brother Bobby Patterson, uh, victim to Victorious. That's what he's known by all over the net. And uh, he said a lot. He said a lot. So I want to go ahead and close out this show. I want to remind everybody again in two weeks um, that Brother Joseph Johnson is going to be stopping by with a lot of things to talk about. Some of y'all know this brother. He's been on all kinds of shows on the net, on blog, talk radio. Brother Joseph has a serious testimony uh, having uh, been visited by uh, colonels uh, in his days in prison. Uh, yes, this brother was in prison, and uh, uh, the, he was known in prison as the man with the information. But then he was visited by a colonel that found out about his information and about his insight into the government and stuff. And then he met other key people in our nation Serious testimony, y'all got to hear it, okay? I warn you, warn you, okay. But anyway, folks, I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, take a little break here, and uh, just a little two minute break here, and then we'll be back with the closing songs, okay? So we'll be right back, folks. Just give me about two minutes. I gotta uh, take care of a few things, and then we'll be right back to close out the show. Check this out, folks. I really enjoyed the show tonight. I'm sure you did too. I know you did, too. All right, let's see if we can find our uh, clip here. I'll be right back, family. Hello, this is Darlene Douglas from the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. Just a small reminder, family, to turn in next week for another upbeat, informative, fun-filled time together. Join us, family and friends, October the 11th, 2016, at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on Block Talk Radio. Peace. And remember, don't be late. Okay, folks, I was going to try to play uh, uh, Old Encourager, uh, the Encourager from yesterday, but I had a little trouble with that, so we won't do that. But anyway, uh, that was your cousin, darling. Just remind everybody to tune in next week. Folks, I love every single one of you. Y'all should know that by now. 
Love every single one of you. There's nothing you can do about it. I enjoyed the show. Hopefully you did too. And remember, folks, I got to say this, got to say this, got to say this. I didn't hit it like I really wanted to, and I'm just going to be honest with you. It's kind of almost like women talk about having a baby. It's kind of almost like your abortion almost. You know, but I feel like we hit it pretty good. Again, a lot going on in our country, a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of panic. Um, these young people, I'm afraid that us, the older people, is going to lose them in a lot of ways. They're just not listening to us. They don't believe in our methods. Not all. Not all. Not all, but too many of them is just not listening to the church, not listening. And it's probably because the church is not showing a successful way to deal with the oppression that is upon our people these days. And I don't think it's going to be right until, first of all, this nation and this world acknowledge who we are as a people, being Israel, and that a lot of these things that are happening to us is nothing more than prophecy being fulfilled. Once we do that, we didn't hit that at all tonight, because I try not to keep saying the same thing over and over and over, but the truth of the matter is, we are Israel. Everything happened to us has been prophesied, and the solution is right beside it. We must turn to the Most High. Second Chronicles seven fourteen talks about we as a people, as Israelites, must turn to the Father because He said that this nation would not be able to rise. Why? Because of who they are. He opened up the Red Sea and did all these wonderful things. I mean, the Bible is of us. All of the glorious things that He did for that nation, and they were supposed to pass down to their generations His precepts, and we did not. Our forefathers did not. And we're living out the curses that are upon us right now. But there is hope for us. He talks about Second Chronicles seven fourteen, us turning to him, uh, repenting. Uh, if my people, I quote it again, if my people would just call by my name, that's us. Well, humble, humble, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked way. He talks about restoring the nation. Now, individually, you can be blessed, blessed, blessed if you walk with the Father. But we're talking about a nation and what we're going through as a nation. Many of you don't understand none of this stuff we talked about because you're blessed and you're doing the things you need to do. You're trusting the Father for your righteousness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But your nation, you're mourning for your nation because your nation is Israel, fulfilling these prophecies. And the solution is in those same scriptures. But the last solution I've left for the end is he did say, family, that when the heathen, those that rule over us, begin to boast and start saying how they are in power of our oppression and they are behind our oppression and boasting and laughing in the secret place in those board meetings and, and behind the, those uh, walls of corporations, that the Father will have mercy upon us and redeem us because of who Abraham was and the faithfulness of Abraham and because of the covenant he made with Abraham that we would not be totally wiped out as a people. That's good news. If you have never heard, no good news. Again, good night. Love every single one of y'all. We uh, talk about that later uh, in uh, two weeks, perhaps. We hit that a little harder in two weeks. I know some of y'all biting at the... I just want to know more about what I just said, but I can't get into it now. We'll hit that more in two weeks, okay? How we will be redeemed. Good night.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.